Welcome back to NALP's Young Professional Network podcast, Growing in the Green Industry. Today's podcast is powered by our Young Professional Network partner, Steel. Steel makes a full line of gasoline and battery-powered outdoor power equipment for the demanding landscape professional. Find yours at steelusa.com. Your hosts of today's episode include myself, Brett Lemke with RM Landscape, and Macy Robinson with Landcare. Hey, Macy, how are you today? Doing great. Excited to be here. Excited to... Uh talk with my buddy mark so excited to have him on today and we have miles with include software coming in the last second way to make it miles and probably getting the speaker going so uh and we have a guest uh macy why don't you introduce our guest yeah absolutely mark lucas has spent 30 years with brickman slash brightview and worked the typical career path of account manager branch manager and regional manager then was a national account manager for the last eight years with Brickman slash Brightview. Overseeing some larger accounts around the country, Mark left in 2015 to work with Chapel Valley as a trainer, and while there, was exposed to a PGR for shrubs called TrimTech, made by Rainbow, where he currently works. Mark currently oversees the advancement of TrimTech with many landscape companies. Mark, is there anything that I missed? No, that's, that's in a nutshell, but... Uh... Five years here has gone by quick. Let me tell you, it's been a it's been a whirlwind, but it's been a it's been a great path and a great career, and and uh, you know got to meet you along the way, Macy. So that that made it all worth it. Yeah, no, <laughs> super excited to have you here today, and you know a very short synopsis of you know a very long time in the landscape industry. So we're excited to dig into that some more today, and just hear about your journey um, to our young professionals. Good, thanks. Happy to be here. I think that's a good uh, sort of launching point. And you had the, the, what I'll call the the, the typical industry job and did that for a while, some really uh, notable companies through there, but then found your way into the supplier world and that that, that's the support in the products world. And so um, what made you evolve to that point and and explore those, uh, those partner uh, companies? Yeah. So, uh, so good Good, uh, good question there, Brett. So, I mean, I wasn't really looking. I uh, was enjoying. Uh, had a, you know, had a great career at, at uh, Brickman, and then, uh, you know, Brightview was was a, you know, a really different time and a great opportunity. And uh, after a while, you know, kind of at, at the national role, I just wanted to get back to grassroots landscaping. So, found a, you know, very traditional. Uh, Great company at Chapel Valley, uh, well well positioned here in the in the Mid Atlantic, and uh, went over there as a as a trainer for a while. And while I was there, you know, you know, I was trying to, you know, just like all of us, trying to figure out ways to improve and utilizing, you know, best practices. And I had heard of, um, uh, you know, some of the growth regulators and had used some of them, but never never, you know, one on one. And got some exposure there. And while I got some exposure there, Rainbow's the type of company where they actually come around and physically work with you. So I got some exposure to some of their folks and learned a little bit more about them and their culture. And they were, Rainbow's really a, I would say, a tree-focused company out of Minnesota. And um, they were looking for someone to branch into the landscape world more uh, with this product that they had. on the shelves for a few years called trim tech. Um, and, uh, I was like, you know what, I've, I've been in this industry a long time. I have good connections and I really wasn't looking to get back into the traditional sales world, uh, which is kind of where I was probably headed, uh, to be with, you know, some of these traditional landscape firms. That was my strength. And, uh, I really didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to beat heads with a lot of my friends and peers. And, and, uh, this was a good way, I think, to maybe, get get or stay in the industry and and look to help people uh with you know labor challenges and labor issues around the country so that's that was really attractive to me and it's been a it's been a great move for for me i've really enjoyed it and i'm learning a lot growing a lot too i think maybe if we could like go back for just a second can you kind of explain to our listeners who maybe haven't been around pgrs yet or don't work on the maintenance side, so they have nothing to do with PGRs. Like, kind of explain the backgrounds of a PGR for us, um, just a little quick synopsis, and uh, yeah, just educate us. Yeah, so I mean, you know, plant growth regulators have been around for you know uh, 
several decades, right? So they've been in the floricultural industry for years. Um, you know, whether it be your bedding plants, uh, poinsettias and vinca and all of those things, they've been using um, a lot of the PGRs have been known in that world. Uh, bonsai is one that comes to mind that that's used a lot. You may have heard of. Um, I know back in uh, back in the '90s when I was involved in you know some of the branches and regions, uh, we were toying around with Embark. You may have heard of or Embark Light uh, on turf, just try to see if we could you know reduce some edging and reduce some weed eating or maybe reduce an occurrence or two or three of mowing um and so we've played with some of those back in the days and we we were getting unfortunately some discoloration right so it um it didn't last long with us because of that um and then we evolved to some of the uh the earlier um embark was also used for trees and then uh, products like Atramec was around and still used. Uh, it's a good product. Uh, we used it back in those days. And um, we didn't use it for too many years. We, we just had a challenge. It wasn't that it wasn't working. We had a challenge with getting it applied timely. So I'm, I'm based here in the mid-Atlantic. So, um, you know, we were pruning, you know, three, four times a year-ish on, you know, Manhattan, Euonymus and other difficult species. And um, so with that particular product, you had to prune and then apply it quickly uh, within a day or two. And, uh, you know, you'd get rain, wind, or just crews doing other things. And so we failed on the application, I would say, technique of that. So it got shelved. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, uh, you know, Brickman Brightview got exposure through, uh, uh, through some, you know, meetings with Rainbow to TrimTech and, uh, you know, and then you know, I think that evolved and the advantage there was you didn't have to prune the plant and it didn't cause any discoloration. Uh, so there wasn't the timing uh, issues there. And then the, uh, you know, the benefits of, you know, the aesthetic benefits, uh, I think really helped. So my exposure was really when I was at Chapel using it on some uh, we had some Euonymus Coloratus ground cover that was Oh, you know, on a scale of one to 10, probably a four out of 10 on the green scale. And after the first application, it went up to about a seven, right? So it didn't like bring it back up to um, a beautiful plant, but it helped it. And then, you know, reduced the trimming by quite a bit. So I was like, wow, this, this stuff is really doing some really neat things, not just slowing the plant down, but actually causing it to look uh, a little bit better for the, for the client. So. That was my exposure, and then when this opportunity came on, I I uh, I said, well, "Why not? Let's let's go at it." And I've really enjoyed it. So, um, Macy, you're using the product right now within the, in the in your branch, and the company uses it over yeah, the, its entire market. Um, I wouldn't say the entire. I'm not sure if the entire company uses it. We've been using it. Um, I guess since maybe 2018, Mark might know better, but you know, I've definitely seen whether it's trim Texas is the only product we actually, you know, know, but I just think it's a great feature. We used it. We have miles and miles of Holly Rose on his property and they come out here and show us not to, you know, perk up a specific product, but just the PGR in general. It's we're getting less visas each year, you know, labor is always a struggle in our industry. And so being, having a product you can apply, it's, you know, the same thing with like a canvas stat and like street trees, like there's different ways to use it. Um, so yeah, it's definitely flushes out the plants more, um, helps with growth. You know, it's a, it's a two-year process for sure, two-year commitment. Um, but I've seen it in our other branches that I started in down here that, you know, they're, pruning significantly less than what we were whenever I first joined the team. And, you know, when you have 30 hours on a ticket that it takes to go prune shrubs and you're using a product and you don't have to go do that, customer is still happy. It, you know, the shrubs look, as long as the shrubs look good, it doesn't matter if you go trim it eight times because they, you're paying for what it looks like. Um, so I just think, you know, the science behind it is absolutely amazing and you can just hear from mark's history that's the progress you know people have been working on this for years and trim text the product now you know where does rainbow take it where does you know the next company take it 
and go just the progression throughout, you know, Mark, even Mark's career. Well, you miles, did you use it back in your landscaping days? No, no. So, um, sorry, I was late. Um, but, uh, no, I've never used growth regulators. Um, so I'm completely a newbie to this discussion. So, uh, I'm just listening back, listening and learning. Um, I guess I'm curious and maybe this is ignorance, but like, what, uh, what's the environmental impacts and like, what does that footprint look like when you're using something like a gross regulator? I have no idea. Like I understand what it does and like the benefits of it, but I don't understand really the science behind it. Yeah. So, uh, so good question, Miles. So really what it's doing is, um, it's, you know, there's, there's, uh, soil applied, um, uh, Macy mentioned Cambostat. So Cambostat is the parent of TrimTech, right? It's about a 22% active ingredient versus about an 8% active ingredient. So two, that, that product's been around for, uh, for many, many decades. Really, it started back in the 50s, I believe, as a fungicide, actually. And it was shelved uh, because it, uh, after using it, they found that it was reducing uh, the plant growth. So they shelved it until they wanted plant growth reduction, uh, probably in the 80s. And then, uh, so it, it came out and then, uh, you know, various folks started working with it and seeing a bunch of secondary benefits. So what happens in the plants is after application, it changes a hormone. So the hormone in the plant that's responsible for, for really your vegetative growth, your cell elongation is gibberellic acid. So what it does is it suppresses that hormone and kicks on another hormone in the plant uh, and acts it, and which asks it to do uh, a number of other things like root growth. So it does, it enhances your root growth, it enhances chlorophyll production, which is your, uh, you know, your food produces in your plant. It uh, actually uh, makes your, your leaf cuticles a little thicker. So diseases have a harder time adhering. So your foliar diseases like powdery mildews and leaf spots, um, you know, can adhere. So it, it, uh, it suppresses some of the diseases. So it has some really interesting secondary benefits. It's bound in the soil, so it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, once it's on the plant, it's, you know, once it dries, it's on the plant. And that's, that's all it's doing is it's changing a hormone. Uh, and many of these other, like I said, secondary benefits are really what uh, has been exciting for the landscaper to see other than just, you know, growth regulation um, and, you know, reducing your pruning needs like Macy talked about. So, so really, when I go around and talk to folks, it's really just another tool in your toolbox, just like, um, you know, whether it's, um, you know, you know, Aspire or, um, you know, any of these uh, programs that help people plan better, right? Whether it be your pre-emergence for, for weed control, uh, any of those things, it's just, it's just a, another tool to use in your toolbox. It's not going to solve all your, solve all the problems. It's not going to solve your labor issues, but it might help, right? So it might help a little bit. It might, you know, might help with two or three people or five people in a branch and, uh, and, and hopefully improve quality along the way. Right. So uh, that's, that's what it does. I'm, you know, I know, you know, Miles, you're, you know, include, it's, it's just, that's just a tool, right. For everyone to, for everyone to use, right. Go Eilon is a tool, right. So, all those are just tools to help make us landscapers, uh, you know, jobs a little bit better. Totally. No, it totally makes sense. Um, yeah. So I guess, so in your experience, so like you, you have like a pretty cool experience, like working for large companies and I mean, Chapel Valley is a pretty large player here around, you know, DC and, um, can you talk more about that experience and what, what that was like? I mean, cause it seems like you have a pretty good career understand, like working with like larger businesses. So, so like, what was that like? Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, when I first moved to the, uh, to the mid Atlantic or Maryland area back in the, uh, back in the, you know, mid, mid eighties and, you know, Chapel Valley was the cream of the crop. I mean, they were what everyone aspired to be like. And, there wasn't really a close second. They, you know, Gustin, Gustin, Gustin Gardens, they were, they were fantastic. And Brickman was just a fledgling at that time and really wasn't doing great work in maintenance at that time. So uh, it evolved. And I think, you know, to, uh, to Dick Brickman and Scott Brickman's credit, uh, they really focused on learning and learning faster than other companies. That was how they elevated their game was to really 
really get uh, behind education, learning best practices and studying a lot of different folks and, you know, maybe mimicking some people, I'm sure along the way, but uh, they knew that in order to, uh, to improve, they needed to improve quality, they needed to improve efficiencies. And so they focused on those, on those things by hiring horticulturalists and working on best practices and uh, all of those kind of things. So that, that, that's really what I think elevated uh, that Brickman game. Um, and then, you know, Chapel Valley was, I, I had been doing that for years. Uh, I, you know, I mean, there's a, a fellow there that used to go around back in the eighties, uh, and do on-site training. Uh, so it was just, it was amazing to see, uh, I think they were ahead of their time. Chapel Valley was certainly ahead of their time, uh, providing on-site training. A, a guy would go around in a, in a, in a trailer and, and do, this is back in the, in the eighties and do on-site training in, in English and Spanish. It was amazing. So, um, you know, that's really what I think elevated the game. And then, you know, looking at other best companies, you know, certainly Rupert and then companies out of uh, Georgia, you know, came on and, and uh, some people just, you know, I think we're copying each other and mimicking each other, but uh, it was uh, what was, I think what, what, what got Brickman, I think to its level was, creating the branch structure, right? So having ownership and having a branch manager and, and a career path for, for people and then breaking off into branches around the country. That's really what I think helped grow that company to be successful and take, you know, have really have ownership, um, you know, and build your own kind of company within, you know, mine was Baltimore at the time. Hmm. Well, don't we all sort of, track the, the, you know, the larger companies and that could be respective sizes, but those that are sort of leading the way and trying some things different. And, um, and in this world, right, those that have the money to invest or the time or the people that will help that piece through. And so I've always enjoyed reading articles and I think the early ones are always just the big five companies and what they're doing and how they're investing in the training and elements of it. And, uh, and, to say, well, let me hear what you all did and the mistakes you made so that I can make a few less mistakes or make, I'll make the same ones because I just didn't read well enough or I don't know, but it is, uh, but that always kept me really engaged was just, well, what is, you know, the companies that I you know strive to become for us? Uh, what are they doing? How are they doing it? And it's this technology. I mean, I've been in my peer group meetings and we have the peers talk about trim tech. We have, you hear it about in industry articles, right? And, 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 and Rainbow has been a strong supporter of uh, NALP and engages really well and, and supports the industry. And so it's like, how many times do I have to see it, right? Before I got to say, dang, I got to try because we don't use it. And I have not, right. and I know we need to. And it's and it's just, uh, it is uh, those technologies and other ones, right? Uh, the robotics, um, just that, it just, you have to break out of that norm uh, <laughs> to try. Or what back in the day, what Brickman did with just, you know, we're going to invest in full-time trainers. I mean, that, like hard to do, but when done feels really good and really helps you move quickly. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's being comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? It's embracing change and all of those kind of things. I think the companies that grow and perform the best are the ones that um, aren't satisfied with what they have today. And they know there's, there's a, there's a better, you know, there's a better um, a way perhaps out there and it's being willing to listen to others and to go to these events like, you know, the, uh, the conferences around the country and to hear what people are doing. And, you know, I was with a, with a gentleman the other day and they're like, you know, robotics and the, uh, the battery powered stuff has come a long way and uh, it's closer than it ever has been. And, uh, you know, I think within a few years, it's going to be, um, you know, standard operating procedure to have a bunch of battery operated weed eaters and blowers and maybe some robotics in your, in your fleet. Um, and, you know, growth regulators, whether it be for shrubs, and now we're starting, I think we're starting to see it on turf, you know, golf courses and athletic fields have been using it on turf. And I know we're going to see some in the landscape industry this year. So, um, you know, those are just, you know, those are tools that, you know, we all need and, uh, to, and to try, um, you know, Brad, and, you know, uh, you know, to be, you know, trim tech or plant growth regulators are usually started or embraced because of labor needs and the need to reduce pruning over time or to at least stabilize that or to keep that um, to keep those peaks 
Uh, and the further south you go, the more cycles people have. So down in, in uh, Texas and Macy's area, you know, they're pruning six, seven, eight times a year. Down in Florida, we have up to 10 or maybe even, maybe even more. Up in the mid-Atlantic, we're more like three or four. And maybe up where you are, Brett, it's probably two-ish, right? So the further south you go, I think the, you know, the, the growth regulators have been embraced more just from an ROI standpoint. Uh, but the secondary benefits, you know, maybe up north is what I've been seeing, things like boxwood, where you can treat some of those shrubs and they look good all year long, right? So it's one treatment and, you know, Mrs. Jones loves that they're dark green and they look healthy and they're not growing or your roses or whatever. Uh, so some of those things, uh, maybe it's the secondary benefits uh, as to why they're embraced more in the north than the, you know, really with the reduced for pruning because the hours really aren't there for most of the sites up there, um, at least it, on the shrub side. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, um, what about use? That's that if you could solve that problem, then I've got like too, too many hours towards use up in this market, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, use is, uh, use are one of those uh, shrubs, the needled evergreens, I would say in particular. So the junipers, the use, um, Paclobutrazole, the active ingredient, isn't super effective on some of those things. It does help with that uh, green up. So, you know, it does improve the chlorophyll. So if you have some chlorotic looking use, it will improve that. You're going to get more like 20% reduction on those, I would say, Brett, versus we're seeing 50 to 70% reduction on most of the other shrubs that we treat, right? So that's what we're going for. Um, so I've had some people here in the Mid-Atlantic say that they liked the results they got with use. I just haven't seen enough of it to, you know, um, flat out say, definitely use it on your use. I'm going to say, try it on a small scale and let's see how it goes. Right. So that's kind of what I would say. And to Macy, your point, I mean, any ability to improve even an hour in our business right now has tremendous value. I mean, we I'm reciting, I think we do 7,000 hours of pruning a season. Yep. And if in any impact to that would be dramatic and a, a product, the technology, right. That, that all, right. When we used to hand prune to then mechanically pruning, right. That like these things just move things light years ahead. And, um, and we have such a short window and, and, you know, upstate New York to get things done. So to take a few things off before the snow flies and, or manage that better. Uh, there's a lot of reasons I should, we should say yes. And this will be my action uh, conversation yeah. today to say, gotta, gotta play with some of that this coming year. Yeah. It's definitely worth exploring. Right. And then uh, you know, you got to see if it makes business sense. And then what I would say is as I've gone around, there's a lot of people that they're like, we want to do it, but, if you don't have the uh, the means to get it done, meaning uh, I know in, in Macy's area, Macy has an applicator that actually is dedicated to go around and doing the applications. Um, and that's what's missing, frankly, in a lot of the landscape uh, businesses that I go and work with is they love the idea, um, but you know whether they don't have a plant healthcare person or they don't have someone that, that can really go out and do this, because it's not like just filling up a backpack and, and uh, and, and spraying, uh, you know, weed control, it's more involved. You need to like know some plant material and, you know, add some uh, surfactants and do some other and get some right rates. And so um, it's involved. And, and so when we work with people, we go over that first because it's not for everybody. Um, it does take some, some dedication. Uh, it does take some training, which obviously we, we support on the training side. But uh, and then the, the second thing I would say, uh, Brett, is where I've seen it fail is you then have to tell the crew not to go out and prune the shrubs, because if you go through all this work and go out and spray the shrubs and send the same amount of guys out and do the same amount of work on that site, guess what? You don't get any ROI. So that's part of it, too, because if they're on autopilot and they're just going to go to uh, the mall and just prune the perimeter shrubs, just like they have every you know May 2nd. Um, and they didn't realize that, hey, we just spray this with a growth regulator, um, then, you know, those results aren't going to give you the same ROI. So it's more than just doing the application. It's a commitment to the training and the follow-up that, hey, we're going to conduct business a little bit differently, right? So, 
you know, to that end, I think, you know, what, you know, what I think some of the folks in Texas have done and others have done is instead of going to the site with four people, I'm going with three now. So they've done it kind of artificially that way. And that's a solution, right? That's a good way to do it. Uh, some people, you know, there's other ways to, uh, to do that. But in the end, the only way this tool works is if you do both sides, right? And, uh, you know, miles with include or, you know, with Aspire, you kind of have to take the hours out of those pruning tickets or whatever, right? So you can't go into the job with, we have 600 hours to prune this job this year. Maybe we only have two or 300 hours because we sprayed a plant growth regulator. So those somehow have to come out of the, out of the estimating system and the, um, in that side. So we're working with folks on all of that because for it to work, just like, um, just like any tool, um, it's not just one thing. You just don't spray it and, our, and all of a sudden your life is better. There's things that have to be do with job costing and estimating and job planning. Um, and all of those kind of things first to really make it successful. But once you do all that, assuming you do everything right and follow the recipe, because it's really a recipe, once you follow the recipe, you're generally going to get the results that we both expect, which is kind of neat. That's what I liked about it was it's, you know, it's scientifically kind of proven and you can get results with these application methods. So Macy, walk us through it. What, uh, what have you, what are the lessons learned that you've, uh, or common things that could happen in your, the practical world, the real world of it? Definitely the making sure the crew knows like that. I remember my first year when we did it in Joel's branch, like sprayed it, spend the time had the Chemtech go out, spray everything, but it was a smaller property. And so the crew kept trimmers on the truck, you know, kind of a do it all. You didn't have a separate like mo crew and detail crew, just a mobile route that just did it all on their own site. I mean, we may have spread them a couple of days before and then the next day or like in that same week, they're out there pruning the shrubs. And then so all it's, you know, all the money you just put into spraying those like the labor and the chemicals just all gone in a flash like that. So I would say managing for sure is a big thing. But or you just think about it from a standpoint, like busy season, like if I had your 7000 out, you said 7000 hours of pruning where you're at, like if I had that down here. And, and say, say I've applied trim tech for three years. And so we're at that 50% reduction. I mean, there's almost six, like $63,000 in labor. If your comp rate is $18 an hour, depending on who you're having do it, that's three seasons. That's about three seasons. Like during season, those eight prunes that we do, that's a three man crew. You know how hard it is to like find three good guys sometimes, not only is like how expensive labor is now, that's just going to keep going up. And like trying to find those three guys from April to, you know, October timeframe that are going to be the whole time and are a good crew that works together is just, it's rough. And $63,000 is a lot year over year. I mean, you have to pay for the product, but three years down the road, you've got it applied on there and you just spot treat, you know, it pays for itself at some point. Yeah. And, and, and what we've, what we've seen is after, you know, it's, it's, this isn't a one and done type of thing, Brett. So it's kind of a commitment. So Macy, whatever sites they did last year, they're going to do again this year. Like last year, unfortunately, they had a big freeze in Texas. So not many of the plants is not many of the plants grew and many died. Right. But this year is going to be hopefully a normal year. And uh, but, you know, in subsequent years, that hormone, because it's been suppressed in that in the uh, in the plant, that hormone doesn't need as much of the uh, of the product to uh, to inhibit its growth, right? So you can actually reduce the rates over time. So you might start off at say, a, a, you know, a 13 ounce rate and two or three years later, you're at a 10 ounce rate or even lower. So, um, so your cost over time actually goes down because that plant, instead of wanting to put vegetative growth out, it's actually, like I, like I said, it's, it's doing other things like putting in some fibrous roots, which, you know, in the South, Southwest, um, you know, gets into, you know, drought tolerance and improving your drought tolerance and reducing water on those plants over time. It's not a, as big of a deal probably up where you are, or maybe even where I am uh, in the mid-Atlantic, but uh, in California and the Southwest and Texas, where water can be an issue, um, you know, over time, uh, you know, these products have shown that they're going to improve, uh, you know, root production, fibrous root production and, and, uh, improved drought drought tolerance of these plants which is kind of neat 
let me throw out, I'm, I'm going to throw some random plants and we'll just see if every one of these is like works, but uh, like the, the common privet and uh, forsythia, right. Are like nemesis of pruning up in the Northeast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like those, I mean, that flowering uh, deciduous shrub, that's a, a common uh, attack with PGRs. Yeah. So, um, you know, really, you know, uh, across the country, you know, your Iliagnus, which is a bear right in the, and uh, along the, mid-atlantic and virginia and the and coastal carolina they have miles of that uh that plant manhattan euonymus here in the mid-atlantic your ligustrums privets um xylosma in california um ficus down in florida um oleander all of those are commonly uh treated with with trim tech your hollies um Catoni aster up in the pacific northwest so it's really just, and even your ground covers, you know, whether it be your, uh, your jasmines, your fig ivies, all of those are, are controlled with, with growth regulators, uh, you know, quite well. It's really just your, your needled evergreens that we struggle with. Uh, those really the only, only plants, I'm going to say your, your junipers and yews and some of those things, just not as, not as well, but everything else. Um, I mean, you can spray it on perennials and you can spray it on uh, annual so there's not and, and turf so there's nothing really that that you couldn't spray it on um you're just not going to get great control on some of those needled evergreen species Brett. uh macy what what's the application method that you all are using up and or up i say up you're down south right. from me down <laughs> down go go way down there how do you apply uh what's the what's the, the best way you found uh we have a hundred gallon tank we stick in the back of an f-150 um spray rig hose that uh comes out and i don't even know how long our hose is on that but yeah it's just a contraption we put it in the back of an f-150 and it's a single guy no trailer or anything and grabs the product that he needs for the day mixes it and goes out sprays it when he gets empty fills back up somewhere um and then yeah mixes it again but yeah we use the, the 100 gallon spray rig so i gotta imagine there's too much there's too little right there like it's you know, it wasn't effective, you know, is there such thing as too much? Can it be, is there risks for two over applications? Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there can be. So what we, what we do in, in, uh, in every case is try to align on some sort of, uh, you know, Hey, what are your species you're trying to control, uh, Brett, and then come up with a common rate that's going to be fine on those species. So, uh, but you can get, uh, some over-regulation. So for instance, at my house, I have some, I have some uh, knockout roses that I planted too close to my walkway. And so I try to keep those off my walkway uh, and I spray those at a medium rate, but there's some sedum autumn joy that are, you know, right beside these, uh, uh, these roses that, you know, the first year I did this, I, I was spraying out of a, uh, a powered sprayer. And I, I don't know if I was accidentally or I did it on purpose, but I sprayed my sedum autumn joy. And instead of that sedum autumn joy getting to be 18 inches that year, it was two inches. So it didn't die. I just had a really cool looking, you know, dwarf sedum, which everyone thought was like, wow, what cultivar is that? I'm like, it's, it's, it's not a cultivar. I just messed up with my application. So that, that, that's what can happen with, uh, with overregulation. You're not going to kill anything, but you're going to like, especially on perennials and or annuals. Uh, I had one company where they were spraying their boxwoods and they got some on their, um, they got some on their begonias in, you know, in, uh, in May. And uh, right when they had planted these things and the begonias didn't grow the rest of the year. Right. So that's what can happen on that type of stuff. If you get it on another shrub, generally, you're not going to have too much of a problem unless it's a really sensitive shrub. So there are some sensitive species, Brett. Uh, some of your spireas tend to be sensitive. Um, the dogwood family. So your, you know, your tree dogwood, you wouldn't want to treat that one. Um, but most of your other shrubs are going to be, are going to be fine, but that's the kind of stuff that we go over in the trainings. We don't just give you, you know, we don't hand you a bottle and say, read the directions. Good luck. Uh, we kind of, you know, we try to go out there and work with you, which is what I really was drawn to is rainbow folks actually showed up at my job site and did this with me. I was like, Whoa, that's pretty cool. Never had that before, but, um, but that's, that's really, you know, there are risks, but, um, you can, like I said, you can spray it on turf. You can spray it on 
perennials, but you just have to do the right rate when you do those, much, much lower rate. The science behind it is just what's well, absolutely crazy. Like, I think from just a product standpoint, the trim tech would affect Brett and I more, but like in Miles' world, like living in DC, like the canvas dot side of it, like just all those trees that line the streets or like, and you see where power lines and they're just those nasty hedges that people like the city comes in and chops a hedge. Like if it would just been treated with the canvas dot or something, you would have, you know, there's smaller trees that don't get full grown, but it it looks like a tree. It doesn't look like a half shrub, half tree. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I've been working with, uh, you know, landscape companies with the Canvastat side. So you mentioned Canvastat, again, is the parent of TrimTech, right? It's it's soil applied, right? So you're not spraying it. You're actually uh, just putting it as a drench or you can inject it into the soil right at the base of the tree. But it'll slow the growth for three years, which is pretty amazing, right? So um, down in the southeast, um, you know, down in the Carolinas, they have those tree form hollies down there all over the place. Like some sites might have hundreds of them that they're pruning three, four, five times a year, getting on a ladder. So, uh, you know, we've seen where you can actually do a canvas ad application and slow that growth or reduce the growth by, you know, 90, 95% for three years um, and not have to get on the ladder. So that, that's impacting your safety, right? So if you don't have to get on ladders and lift and use extended shears, and, uh, you know, you're doing this and, it, you know, the average cost of a tree, you know, some of those hollies might be $10, $15. Um, that's really effective, right? So you can do that. Or I've done some street trees here where they're really close to a building, right? So how often, have, you know, landscapers never plant stuff close to a building, right? <laughs> never happens all the never. time, all the time. So, but if you can slow that growth for a few years and it costs you a few dollars versus putting a guy up in a, in a, you know, on a, on a bucket lift or whatever, pruning away from the sides of buildings or parking lots and things like that. Um, that's a really effective tool, right? So that's, I wish I would say that we're more, you know, we've, we've been better at introducing that. It's just a slow process because uh, folks aren't doing that. So the tree care companies, the, you know, the Bartlett Davies of the world, they have been using, um, you know, tree growth regulators for years for both uh, growth reduction, but also for secondary benefits as well. But the landscape professional is really just getting introduced to it, I think, right now. But, um, you know, I'd love to see more and more folks, you know, embrace this technology and try to use it. It's just, it's a little slow. Uh, but that's what we're trying to do is expose people like, you know, like Macy that embraces uh, change and, and uh, new learning and new tools and new way to do things. I'm curious, um, it sounds like you guys are really customer focused. So um, I'm curious from the product development side, um, I'm not sure how much exposure you have to it, but it seems kind of a, like a cool process. Um, I understand it from the techno- uh, software side, but how does chemical or, um, yeah, how does, how does that product formation happen? So like, for instance, Brett's like, you have something for the use <laughs> and you're like, well, I have something kind of, um, but it's not like at the target level that you're achieving like on other, plant. So like, how does that get filtered down into rainbow and how do you guys, how does that even happen? That's yeah. interesting. So, thing. so yeah, rainbow is, you know, a pretty unique and interesting company and, you know, we have our own research and development team, right? So we have a team that's just focused on, uh, you know, new chemistries and new technologies and what is the, ch- what are the challenges that the tree company faced, right? So, um, you know, we got our start really with, uh, you know, Dutch elm disease and helping to, com- helping to combat Dutch elm disease and really became the experts and the authorities on, um, on, you know, tree injection, right? So that's really where we cut our teeth and focused on that. And then it was emerald ash borer. So we really focused on better ways to, um, you know, the equipment and the technology to, uh, to combat that and then what, you know, and work on the chemistry. So behind the scenes, it might take three, four, five years to work on these chemistries to get them through EPA. Um, you know, TrimTech was one of those uh, types of products where we worked for years with something similar to Cambostat, but it wasn't Cambostat anymore. Um, we were going to spray it on shrubs because doing dosing to the roots of shrubs just was going to be too difficult and too cumbersome. Um, so that's what we do. So we're, we're focused on, you know, 
learning what the green industry needs and what the next, you know, like right now it's spotted lanternfly. So, you know, we have some technologies to help out with spotted lanternfly here in the mid-Atlantic and up in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and we're working on other products. So we work with, uh, you know, universities, you know, around the country, uh, Miles, uh, you know, Ohio State, Purdue, um, you know, uh, excuse me. And then we work with partners like, you know, like Landcare and Brightview and Bartlett and uh, a bunch of companies around the country just to work with these technologies and to help do trials and things like that. But we have a team, fortunately, that's working on that and, and uh, you know, what's, what's needed in the next five years. So, um, you know, if you have any suggestions or any challenges, that's kind of what we do is we, we try to not wait for what ag's going to give us, but actually help develop, uh, you know, some new, some new chemistries or some new solutions really for the, for the green industry. So what are you guys most excited about then as a team, when you guys get together at Rainbow, what are you guys stoked about in the future? As much as you can share, I'm sure that there's some. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's some really cool stuff that we're working on. Um, uh, you know, frankly, you know, I think, you know, we're just at the pinnacle with this growth regulator, right? So um, it's not widely used. I, you know, uh, there's hundreds of companies now using uh, TrimTech, but as an industry, it's, it's not widely used. Um, it's becoming better known. Uh, I was glad to hear that Brett's heard of it, which is great. Uh, that's, what, that's our goal. That's our aim. Um, but, you know, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be, you know, more technologies and how to, how to make this easier and how to make it easier to apply and, um, and use less of it. And, you know, we're not going to be satisfied with what we have. Right. So, um, and then, you know, there's always new pests coming on board. Um, you know, the spotted lanternfly is just one of them. And, uh, you know, right now we just have, unfortunately, some neonics, uh, that, you know, are either bark applied or soil applied. Uh, but they're effective, uh, but it'd be great to have some non-neonics, right, coming on board to help combat this stuff. So we're working on a lot of different things, uh, Miles, but, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, we just, we don't know what the next pass is going to be. There's, there's some every, every day, right? At one time it was the gypsy moth, right? I'm from mm -hmm. Massachusetts. And, and so that was, you know, how do you, how do you take care of this easier? And, uh, you know, so we, 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 we feel like we're really experts on tree ejection, right? So that's one of our, uh, one of our big strengths is, is not, you know, how do we, how do we combat pests without impacting the environment and people and all of those kind of things. So the less spray we can do, the better, right? Or to use, um, you know, more environmentally uh, friendly and, and not harm our, uh, you know, our pollinators and all those kind of things. So we're working on all of those kind of things. That's well, cool. I, uh, sorry, go ahead, Brad. No, no. I was, oh, I was gonna say it's cool. Just like looking at your guys' website. I mean, you guys got hardware and chemical mixes, and like that's it's like a it's really there's just a lot that you guys do, and it's 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 kind of cool. You know, it's it's um, and I just say that from the perspective of being in the software world, right? But it's cool to see like how um, another technology company really because you know chemical. Um, and chemistry is, is definitely a type of technology, right. And the yep. combination of like the, the chemistry plus the hardware and, you know, and there's like, I don't, it's just really interesting because, you know, you guys are thinking about things in a different way. On how well, we want, we want to, we want to teach and grow and elevate the whole, you know, the whole grid industry. Right. So we want us all to learn and all to grow and to be using whatever the best practices are and make sure that it's scientifically proven. Right. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what we kind of, that's what we kind of work on. And then, you know, share these ideas and try to help teach and focus and help companies uh, grow. Right. So I work with, you know, not just how do you slow labor, your, your labor production, but how do you improve maybe some enhancements, right? So, um, you know, campus stats, one of those that can be a great enhancement that frankly, the landscape professional knows little about. So we're trying to elevate that position and, uh, um, cause it is, you know, the, if the trees live longer, right. So if you have parking lot islands where they're usually really bad soil, and if you can introduce canvas stat and help these trees live 30 or 40% longer, because now they have a better root system and they've taken their, uh, their energy, let's say energy budget. Um, and instead of producing vegetative growth, they're producing 
uh, fibrous uh, root growth and combating disease, then those trees now may be able to live longer in that condition versus I would just wait for those. Unfortunately, when I was uh, a branch manager, account manager, I would just wait for that tree to die about 30 or 40%. So I could propose a replacement. That's the only tool I had was the chainsaw. And now we have better tools, I think, to help these things live longer and, and more knowledge. So that's, I'm excited about those kind of opportunities. Well, it, you are, uh, I think it's a good testament on this, uh, this conversation. Macy recommended, oh, we've got to talk about this. It's a cool product we're using, right? Mark, what you've done with Rainbow and made those connections. Um, and so these are the combinations where it works well. Uh, people solving our problems and one of the biggest problems being labor and, and then keeping the, the, the nature in mind that we're, we're making things healthier and happier. And so I, I, this is one of those, uh, this could be a really good story that we could share our clients that we're, we're solving a lot of problems that won't cost you more. And um, so I, I think it's been a, a fun, a fun connection of all those pieces. Uh, so I appreciate you, uh, you coming on. So now we're going to move on to our rose and thorn. So we're going to hear about what was the good this past week for all of us or the not so good, right? Um, now we know how to uh, regulate the size of the thorn. We're just going to spray it with a bunch of PGR. And so no big thorns today, all right? Everybody just the tiny ones. So uh, Macy, what do, you, what do you got going on? Um, Rose is we just officially signed on yesterday for February 1st start, um, like $300,000 property. Um, so super excited for some more maintenance sales. Great way to start the year talking about our, our goals, you know, you know, that sales goal. So we're, uh, super excited about that. Super excited to work with this new customer and, um, no, really no thorns really, you know, we're still ice free ice and snow free. So, uh, no thorns this week. Well, you miles. Yeah. I mean, the only thorn is that it's, I mean, it's compared to like my friends out in the Midwest, it's not cold, but geez, it's just been so cold here in DC, like twenties lows and like the 16s and stuff like that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't move to DC to experience this, you know, mid Atlantic weather should be like one week of this maybe. And then Let's, let's get on with it. Let's get back to the warmer weather. Nicer. So that's a thorn, but it's all right. Um, Rose. Uh, yeah. Things are, things are good. You know, um, it, it feels like things are warming up uh, like, um, you know, career-wise day-to-day kind of getting out of the brain fog of like the first of the year post-holiday, you know, just things are a lot busier now, which is good. People are inquiring for, um, new services and everyone's just kind of on it, you know, so that's exciting to be around energized people. And um, yeah, just a lot of really good uh, career growth events have happened recently, like with uh, team management and, and like, I'm learning how to build better teams and coach people on the teams and seeing, but seeing the fruits of those labor, the labor, right. Um, for like the past couple of years. And there's just been some moments like where it's like, Oh yeah all the system building and all those meetings that we've had over time resulted in some great outcomes. And it's really rewarding to see that happen, even though it takes a lot of patience, more patience than you sometimes realize that you need. Amen to that. Good. What's that? Amen to that. Right. Oh, yeah. Patience. Yeah. No. I'm just, I'm just excited. Yeah. So I feel good. How about you, Mark? So uh, I would say my rose is I'm really looking forward to uh, February. I'm going to, uh, we're going out, I'm going out to the, uh, to the I landscape uh, uh, convention out in Chicago next week, which is my first time to Chicago in, in, in quite a while and, and working the landscape show with some of our folks out there and seeing some old friends and then going down to Nashville to the, uh, to the grow conference, Marty Grunder's uh, event in uh in February, we'll be a, we're a sponsor there and working with that team and really enjoy uh, that group. And uh, Nashville, as you know, is a great fun town. So hopefully I won't have too much fun. But uh, my only thorn is really, uh, uh, don't, don't hold this against me, but my Patriots lost. I'm a, I'm a New England guy from, from way back and, and uh, seeing, them out of, seeing them out of the race, you know, frankly, beat by a better team. I will say, Brett, that the Buffalo Bills were <laughs> – Definitely more talented and uh, in so many ways and uh, and better team one. But uh, but uh, so 
I gotta. Um, I guess I'm gonna root for the Bengals going forward. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I know. So. Uh, right. <laughs> I'm not. Sure. I'm not sure. I was rooting for. I was rooting for Buffalo last week. Yeah, really yeah we're all in the same bucket. We don't know who to root for anymore. It's it's hopeless. Um, no, no. I, I I had that same feeling. I'm a Giants Just, fan. It's hopeless. Right, right. We all yeah, felt that. So. Um, <laughs> We'll cheer on AFC. I think we just want them to win. Um, well, that's cool. Uh, you know, we just came back from uh, Leaders Forums last week, and that was a fantastic trip. Uh, a lot of great uh, to see a lot of people in person. See, you know, I met Kim, who, who puts this uh, on for us. Yeah, uh, that was at NLP, and so we met in person. So that's wild, right? And so, um, so that's cool. And so a lot of uh, a lot of rekindling and getting excited about what Mark's going to experience, right? By going back on on the road, that. Uh, it feels good. It feels right. And came back with a lot of ideas um, and uh, excited about getting going. And so uh, no thorns, just, uh, you know, make sure the snow does what it's supposed to make us money and, uh, and, and keep our clients happy and safe. And in the combination of when it doesn't make you money and people get, um, you know, in, 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 you know, tricky circumstances make snow pretty stressful. And so we, you know, how do we make snow uh, a good part of our business? So um, and if PGR can be applied over snow, then just let me know. We'll try, uh, we'll try that as a, as a, we're not claiming de-icing, but we'll just, no, you know, at this uh, point we'll, we'll throw anything on the ground to get this cold to go away. So. I, I hope everyone gets enough snow to make money and then it's gone. So you can get your mulch down and you get your spring operations that, done in time. That's, that's what we it. want. That's, that's what we this, want. Zero degrees makes you think that it'll never go away. And that's right. been that experience. Well, uh, thank you, Mark, for joining us today. Really good information. I think it was a good education uh, conversation. And, uh, and hopefully people are going to look a little bit deeper and see how they can solve some of their, their bigger problems. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks so much. And thanks for having me on. Thanks, Macy, for, for the invite. And uh, I really appreciate being a part of this group. So thank you so much. Yeah, I thank thought it was you. fun getting technical. That's it. That's it. We're, we're, we're gonna, you can learn a broad amount of things here. So, so invite others to listen. Thank you to uh, to our hosts. Thank you to our listeners. And we will all see you uh, or hear from you next week. Take care, everyone. Great. Thanks so much. See you.